Hey, e-commerce marketing podcast listener. Are you looking to increase traffic and sales to your website? You can do this by launching your own affiliate program. Just visit getosi.com and sign up for a free trial today. That's getosi.com. Welcome back to the e-commerce marketing podcast, everyone. I am your host, Arlen Robinson, and today I'm very excited to talk to a, a special guest here. And her name is Ki Trang Ho, who is a communications Jedi master. She worked in journalism for more than 20 years with sense in TV, radio, print, and online. She used to cover Shark Tank for Forbes.com and now does marketing and PR for a blockchain startup called UTV. And she saw firsthand as a Forbes contributor and IBD reporter the impact and single article could have on an entrepreneur's sales and public image. One Shark Tank entrepreneur got $40,000 in all orders from one story Key wrote from her. Unfortunately, entrepreneurs, even their PR reps, are frequently doing going about it horribly, thus failing to benefit from free publicity. Key is on a mission to prevent you from making the same mistakes. She's going to share the best ways to get media coverage to build your brand and drive sales. Welcome to the podcast, Key. How's it going? Good. Thank you so much for having me. It's my honor and pleasure. Sure. No problem. I, I really appreciate having you on. On this podcast, we had not really talked too much about PR. And also, I was really excited about getting into this topic, especially how it can pertain to e-commerce businesses and e-commerce general and e-commerce marketing in general. Uh, but, you know, before we, we get into the topic of the day, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and specifically how you got into what you're doing today? Well, when I was I was at Investors Business Daily covering exchange traded funds and mutual funds for nine years. Then I got a job offer from a startup financial news site as an editor and reporter. This is in 2014. I gave IBD a month's the usual month's notice. My editor organized a going away party at Tompkins Bar and Grill, our local hangout. Then my last week at IBD, the startup owner retracted her job offer. She left me high and dry. And thereafter, I applied for a few jobs, but was rejected by all of them. So I decided to go out on my own as a ghostwriter and media consultant. And then a year later, I got a gig contributing to Forbes. And I started out covering ETFs and mutual funds there. And then I branched out into covering Shark Tank on a fluke. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's that's awesome. So how, how did that fluke actually happen covering Shark Tank? It is because uh, Kevin O'Leary, the star of the show, mm-hmm. launched a series of exchange traded funds called O Shares, and okay. his PR agent contacted me to cover that story. And they offered me an interview with him, and I said, "Does that is like my dream come true? He is my favorite character okay. or person on my favorite show because okay. I just recently got into watching that show." Okay. I, so I asked my editor, is it okay if I cover um, Shark Tank as do a sidebar on the show since I'm going to be talking to him? And she said, sure, we've been actually wanting to 
expansion to um, expand our coverage of Shark Tank. And so ever since then, I became the Shark Tank person at Forbes. Okay, that's that is awesome. I am also a huge Shark Tank fan as well. I think I've seen every single episode of Shark Tank up to the latest episode that I think aired a couple of weeks ago. So I am a huge fan, you know, from every every season I I dig in there. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you really these types of shows, especially Shark Tank, are very interesting to watch because, you know, you can really empathize with the struggles that entrepreneurs go through in their whole process and so it's always interesting for me to watch so yeah that's 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 big that's huge to me i love shark tank i think i got my mba from shark tank and i <laughs> and i talk to when i talk to business owners i often find myself asking the same questions that the sharks are asking the entrepreneurs on the right. show and it's that show is just excellent in meeting out the problems in people's businesses mm-hmm. and in their strategy and they're excellent at recommending approaches of new avenues to pursue they are just it's genius yes definitely yeah you can really learn a lot from from the show for sure i mean not only you know the way to to present your business in front of investors that's really key especially if you're a business that's looking to get funding Um, you know shark tank is of course not the only show that's like this that's in format there's a lot of shows and i i would always i would definitely recommend young entrepreneurs that you know, know that they're going to do a pitch to to watch these shows and and kind of definitely take notes and, and see what uh, answers are, you know, excuse me, what questions they're approached with and, and what type of answers they, they need to respond with. So, yeah, it's really, really great. So, you know, what the area, of course, that we're going to be talking about today is, you know, taking advantage. How does biz, how does a business really and specifically an e-commerce business, how can they take advantage of, of media coverage and and how can they, you know, position their brand to get media coverage? And so it's really the first question is, and this is a term that I've, I've heard before, but we wanted some little enlightenment on, from you on is really what is, you know, page view journalism? What do you what do you call that? OK, page view journalism is that is the situation that we have here in the digital age is that page views have become the holy grail for news outlets because we could see in real time what news outlets are getting the most likes, shares, and eyeballs. Page views drive ad revenue for news outlets. And at the same time, they're crack cocaine for reporters and bloggers because getting likes, shares, and eyeballs triggers a dopamine release in our brains. And that is that neurochemical is known as the reward the reward molecule. And that's what makes us feel good when we, you know, when we get a raise or people praise us. And so it's become a measure of quality like TV ratings. And when I was at IBD, they gave us bonuses for the top two reporters whose stories got the most page views every week. And Forbes pays their contributors based on page views. And every week they sent out, the editor sent out a list ranking all of the writers by their page views and which stories. You can learn more about this phenomenon in Ryan Holiday's book, Trust Me, I'm Lying, Confessions of a Media Manipulator. He's really good at explaining the media landscape in the day and age of the, in the digital age. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. You know, typically an average e-commerce company, because I talk to young e-commerce businesses, you know, all the time, 
because they're they're kind of the main customer base that we have here at Omnistar. You know, typically these types of businesses, they're really just focused on a lot of them are really just focusing on just, you know, ad online advertising, the, the traditionals, you know, going through social media, the Facebook and, and, and all of that. And you don't really these days trying to get published in, in media publications, uh, whether it's online or even offline, is something that I think is kind of far from a lot of people's minds. And I think maybe what has to un- what they have to understand first is, OK, if they are going to go that route, you know, what would be the process? So I, I would guess and it's, I'm, I'm going to imagine it's really different from the days of old where it was everything was just print, you know, and there was no online. I, I know the process was really totally different than where, you know, you had to pitch a, a journalist and, you know, kind of almost form a relationship. And, you know, it was it was a quite, a, I'm sure, a longer process. Now, these days, things are, of course, different because all of these these companies, like you mentioned, the Forbes, you know, the IBD, all of these these companies that that put out content are, you know, are a little different. How, how exactly do these news work, newsrooms work these days versus, you know, the good old days when there was really no online? The painful is, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, since 2001, more than half of newsroom jobs have gone to the good place. Do you know what I'm referring to as the good place that show on Netflix? Uh, no, what is? Oh, OK, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, okay. Well, that was my pop culture reference. The Good Place is this show about this woman who dies and goes to, quote, the good place, which is, um, you know, their interpretation of heaven. But she's really not supposed to be there. And they, she doesn't want to get found out because she's going to go to the bad place. Okay. And the bad place is where all the evil people go. Yeah. Okay. So, so here we have the newsroom jobs have gone to the good place. And of course, the people who work at tabloids are went to the bad place. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> okay, so we have fewer people. Fewer people have to do more work than ever because of the addiction to page views and the demand to drive online traffic to get ad revenue. So, and then against this backdrop, we have more news sites and blogs than ever competing for eyeballs. Right. So you have fewer people have being forced to do more work than ever. So that's why you see a lot of news outlets are just parroting what other news outlets or blog reported. And then they also just repost content from sites like Quora or Medium, right. or they publish commentaries from thought leaders for which there's an endless supply. Yeah. I feel like there's more thought leaders in America than there are. there's tea in China. <laughs> right, right. I can imagine. I think what you're really getting at is, see, these days, it's it, because you have all of this information that that's really at the disposal of these journalists in these newsrooms. You, you really have to almost go that extra whole extra mile just to even to try to even get noticed, because, you know, when there was the pre-Internet days, you know, when there was no Internet, they were just reliant on, you know, just the regular grassroots trying to find stories, you know, of course they were getting pitched, but the pitches were, were probably just through phone calls, through a regular snail mail and, you know, faxes, I guess, even if people pitched that way, I'm not even sure if people did. pitches via fax. Yeah. So I could imagine that. So, you know, they, they, they probably had a, just a, a, such a smaller pool to pull from. So 
I guess, these days where they are a little spoiled, I guess you could say. And so you have to definitely keep that in mind. And so I guess with that in mind, you know, how does a business really get reporters or bloggers to try to cover them, to even notice them and even take their time? So you basically have to do all the footwork for them and provide them everything they need to write about you and serve it up to them on a silver platter tied with a bow. Now, the first order of business is to create a press kit. And you'd be surprised, but I dealt with so many companies from Shark Tank. You think that they would be so smart because they got on Shark Tank, but they didn't even have a press kit and, you know, photos on hand to distribute. Mm -hmm. So first order of business is that you have to write as provide as much information and lay it out for them Mm -hmm. as much as possible. So you have to write a company bio, a founder bio, detailed product descriptions, FAQs, and provide product photos, landscape and portrait Mm -hmm. and make them as simple as possible, like just the product against a plain background, because increasingly people are looking at using cell phones only. I think there was like some type of some ridiculously high number, like 30 percent of Internet users Mm -hmm. um, are cell phone only users. Right. So they don't have a computer. So if you look at a picture on a a small screen, mm-hmm. it has to be simple as possible so that people can see your product front and center. Gotcha. And you have to have, it's best to have a neutral background so that it will go with any type of occasion. Like for instance, you know, for a Christmas theme, you will want, it can work for Christmas or birthdays or 4th of July. And if you have, you know, a colored background, it might not work for a different holiday. And I think it's really important to notice that you should make your photos landscape because if you do a headshot that is vertical or portrait, sometimes it gets top uh, cut off at the top or bottom mm-hmm. when it gets shared on social media. So then you look like you got t- decapitated <laughs> right. or Antoinette. <laughs> right. Okay. And then, then after you get this order of business in order, then you pitch story ideas and stage events. Now there's countless things you can do, but I'll give you my top three. Mm-hmm. The first one is provide original data or research. For example, the candystore.com did a survey of 40,000 customers about the best and worst Halloween candy. And they made a list of the top 10 of each. And this story was covered all over the place. Like just Google, look in Google News, Mm candystore.com, and you will see they were covered by local news, national news, business news outlets alike, from Fortune, Business Insider, Time, everywhere. Right. Then two is stage an event or do something that piggybacks on something that the news is already covering, such as a holiday or a major Um, event like the election. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, there were tons of companies that gave out deals and discounts on for voters. And reporters like to do stories like, you know, top 10 stories of discounts you could get on election day. That's easy to um, piggyback off of. Or even you know, deliver free pizza to voters in line. The cameras are going to be at the polls. And so you'll get your brand front and center for free. Right, right. That's true. Now, third is 
creating how-to guides or videos. And people love how-to guides and videos. For example, Jason Hansen, he's a former CIA agent turned entrepreneur, and he does various how-to demos, like how to free yourself if you're kidnapped and tied up with duct tape. And he's been all, all over the place with his uh, methods. And you could check out his book, Celebrity Method. And he also has a website, celebritymethod.com. And he's really good because like most of us will never find, be stuck in that situation of <laughs> tied up with duct tape. Yeah, we hope but not. it's still interesting to see. And so he's created out of this, he's created basically a media consulting business showing people how to get media coverage. Wow. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And that that really just really goes down to prove how really provide something that they, you know, these journalists can't get anywhere else. Like you said, who's going to think to to put together a strategy for getting out of being, you know, handcuffed duct tape? You know, nobody really thinks about that. But it's the type of thing where, you know, you just see that you see that title, you, you see you hear about that blur. And you're like, hmm. You know, even though you're, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, that's not going to happen to me ever again. It just it sparks a curiosity. And you're like, OK, I'm, gonna, exactly. I'm, I'm really curious. Yeah. What is he going to suggest? So, yeah, things along that line are, are what would really, um, you know, I, I guess you say kind of go that extra mile and would be something very unique that you can't get anywhere else. And, you know, to go back to your to your earlier points, it, I guess it really is just key that you. You know, unfortunately, the, the business owners do have to go that extra mile and provide all of this information up front. But, you know, it's just the it's just the way the landscape is right now. You have to you have to spoon feed all of this information and make sure your whole presentation is is on point because they're you know, they're getting pitched left and right, you know, between emails that they're of course that they're getting between the social media pings across their Twitters and you know, the Facebooks, the Instagram there. I'm sure most of these journalists that, you know, cover different niches that are out there there. I'm sure they're just inundated with just requests and pitches. And I'm, I'm sure, Absolutely. you know, they don't know where to, to, to begin when they first start looking at that stuff. So, yeah, that, I, I can totally understand how you have to really go that that extra mile now. You know, when you decided and a business has decided that they're, they're going to go this route, they want to, you know, they want to be covered by a reporter or, or a blogger. How really do they really get the right blog reporters or bloggers to cover them? Is there any, any specific strategy? OK, so I will give you the most expensive way to do it, the profession that professionals use in PR and then the bootstraps way. So the mm -hmm. number one Thing that PR agents do is they subscribe to media databases like Cision, that's spelled with a C, C-I-S-I-O-N, mm -hmm. Meltwater, or Muckrake. And these databases compile all the contact information for reporters and they gather information on their beats. And so you can screen for reporters by their beats and then send them an, an email blast all at once. Okay. Or you can screen for reporters by what they've covered recently, such okay. as your competitor. So if they covered your competitor, they're more they're likely to be interested in you also. Gotcha. And then the bootstrapped way is to do a search for your target keyword and then see who comes up 
on the front page and right. then reverse engineer their position. So, and then, so how do you reverse engineer what they did? You can look up who is, who covered them and who is linking to their website mm-hmm. because the amount of links and page views and the time that somebody stays on a website is what drives the front page ranking. Right. And you can look all this up on um, several websites and the top two is our spyfood.com and ispionage.com. And they will show you the keywords that your competitors are ranking on, what content they created that is getting the most traffic. So you could do something similar or an alternative. It's just to spur your ideas. And then it's also to show you who's linking to them. So you could go after those same targets. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm very familiar with spy food. There's a, and we're really fortunate in the days that, that we're in right now because of these you know, web software solutions like the SpyFu, and there's other solutions out there that will allow you to pull that data so you can see exactly what your competitors are doing. Um, another one, pretty advanced um, SEO tool. It's Ahrefs, Ahrefs.com. Mm-hmm. That's Ahrefs.com. Yes. That's a great tool to where you can get competitive data from there as far as it, all the way down to, you know, the keywords that your competitors are bidding on, the cost per clicks. Yep. You can even find out where their links are, where they're getting all of their backlinks. And so you can try to approach these same sites. And, and of course, some of these sites are going to be news publications and you can drill down and, and then try to approach these same authors. So yeah, it, it's all out there. It just it, I mean, it requires a little bit of digging, but I think yep. now so more than ever, there's so many tools can put the right reporters, right, right bloggers right in front of you. Um, you know, if you if you do the work. Yeah. Let me throw out another tool that I use mm-hmm. is so when you find the reporter and the website that you want to go after. So how do you get their contact information? One of the tools I use is a Chrome extension called Hunter IO. Okay. And when you go to a website, if you click on the Hunter IO extension, it'll give, give you a pop a uh, a menu, a list of all the email addresses that are associated with that website. Mm-hmm. And you can also try to look up a person's email by entering it into the query and they will guess the email based on the, the site's format, like first name, dot last name, or first initial, last name, so forth. And right. you could try all of those. And I've heard a lot of people just trying all the variations and mm-hmm. it works. Or and then you could also look them up on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, that, that's or, all, or that, Twitter. Right, that's also another good way. But yeah, Hunter.io is a great tool. I've I've heard a lot of marketers reference that. We use a similar tool in house here at OmniStar. It's really similar to Hunter.io. I believe it's Find That Lead, and you can okay. do the same thing. You can type in the company information, and it's it has a database where it's pretty effective. It normally pulls you know some emails from the company. And, uh, you know, that, that's really great, especially when you're doing, you know, cold prospecting where you have no, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times these days with a lot of these sites and these publications and these blogs, their email address of the authors are not going to be apparent, you know, because they don't mm-hmm. want to get spammed and inundated with so many emails. Yep. So you you got to do a little bit of digging. You know, it's not like the early days of the Internet where everybody was putting everything out there. So it's uh, things are a little a little hidden these days. Now, one of the things that I, I noticed a lot of times when I'm reading different publications, whether it's about e-commerce marketing, whether it's about online marketing or just something related to 
to the niche of the, of the business that we're in right now. Um, I always see where reporters or, or bloggers, they would quote someone. They would like quote a reference, whether either they spoke to someone or maybe they're quoting an article where that person, you know, referenced some content that was appropriate. So I, I see that that's also another way to really kind of get out there and get noticed if you're if you're being constantly quoted by a blogger or, or a, a top writer. What, what's really the easiest way to get quoted and how does that even happen? OK, I recommend everyone if you want to get quoted and get links to your site from external from blogs and news outlets is to sign up for an account on help. A reporter.com and the site is called help a reporter out or short is haro and this is basically the match.com for reporters and sources and reporters post queries every day of the stories they're working on and the sources they're looking for and then the site sends out an email blast all the stories that they're working on to the sources and you go through every story uh, query and see if you're a match and then you just respond directly to that reporter's questions. Okay. And I am on it every day. I answer a query uh, on an average once a day and I've been quoted at least 10 times because of using uh, through Haro. And right now, all many, many news outlets and bloggers are looking for gift ideas for holiday lists because those mm-hmm. are going to be huge going into Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and of course, you know, the next two months. Right. So it's a huge opportunity to get on that list and see who needs product ideas. Okay. The downside is that a lot of them are do this, I feel like almost just to get free products. So that you have to consider that that's the cost of doing business for you. If you want to get quoted and featured in their list is that you have to mail them free product to quote review. Okay. Right. Right. I guess that's, that's the downside, but you know, to get noticed uh, and to get published, that's just, you know, that's a, that's a small expense, but yeah, the help a reporter outside is, is great. A lot of, I've heard a lot of other marketers reference that as a way to, to uh, to really get out there and get some exposure because that's you know the site is really just a whole pool of reporters and I know that's what a lot of people are thinking is like you know where do they you know where do they congregate are there online forums and that that that's a great resource to you know to kind of put to see what these different bloggers are are doing and uh, what things that they're looking for so you can try to try to meet your need meet their needs and you know one of the things that I was also thinking is it's wow these I don't know if is is it easier these days for reporters or bloggers or is it harder because you, you you think about all of the things that are at their fingertips and at their disposal as far as the you know trying to find stories and, and kind of doing the grunt work it, it just seems like there's not that much for that these days and it's just a lot of things are are kind of handed to them so I'm sure there's a downside to what they do. And I'm sure they, they do, of course, put in a lot of work. But you, you got to think that, you know, they really have a lot of stuff that's presented to them. And I guess more of what their job is these days is just I guess it's more of a weeding, a weeding process. It's not more of a hunting process. It's the kills are, are being put right on their desk. It's just a matter of them looking through and seeing what's the most uh, tasty kill to, you know, to to to, to stab into, I guess. 
Yes, it seems like every type of product category is oversaturated these days. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Now, I'm a fan of reading long, you know, interviewed style posts from, you know, entrepreneurs as well as other, you know, just media personalities that really, you know, give you some insight into what they're doing. And those are really always interesting. And I think I may not be the only one, but I think a lot of people are interested in these long feature type interviews because they're compelling. You get to hear stories, personal stories. And those are things that pull people in. Now, if a business really wants to, you know, do get something like that published for themselves, which would be a you know really great long form, you know maybe background story on their company and their products and where they are today. How how would they specifically get a reporter or a blogger to to do something like that for a long form interview feature? I think the first thing you have to do is really write your own story and develop your own story first okay. because. If you write your own story first, at least the reporters know what you are going to say and what they can elaborate or expand on. And they know that you've put thought into this. There have been so many times where PR people pitched me and to do a story about their client. And then I talk to them and they are just fumbling all over the place. Their story isn't straight. And it's just horrible. So you really have to get your story straight. And here's the, the story model I suggest people follow is to have is to follow the hero's journey. Do you know about the hero's journey? I'm not familiar with that. Why don't you um, explain? Okay. The hero's journey is the age old format that you will see in all storytelling from time immemorial. And it's the premise of all Disney stories and all Greek mythologies. And it starts with you are the uh, protagonist in your story and you're metaphorically dying for some reason. And you are you have to face some type of change or challenge or else you'll be stuck where you are. So you have to show what is it that the struggle that you are having, then you show what a mentor or some type of find a mentor or some type of solution to your problem and how you hit rock bottom. Basically the protagonist in the hero's journey has to metaphorically die and then re be reborn. And then when you're reborn, you come out with new insights, new lessons that you share with everyone else that you take back with you to your old place. Right. And that's a summary, uh, a quick summary. And so you have to basically show, get down and dirty and personal. Re people love personal stories mm -hmm. of failure and rebirth and redemption right and the best metaphor i've ever heard i could think of for this is i used to take pole dancing classes from la for okay. fun because okay. i got a group on okay. and my instructor i think her name was veronica she told me that she could fly around that pole like a flag at half staff okay <laughs> wow. and she was very acrobatic and she told me, like, no matter how awesome her number was, how routine it was, much gymnastic work she put into it, the audience always wanted to see her hoo-ha. And if they don't <laughs> see her hoo-ha, not good. Right. So you always have to show them your hoo-ha. So okay. think of what is your hoo-ha that you could show people. <laughs> okay. 
I love that analogy. <laughs> I don't think I would have thought of that, but yeah, that's a very interesting analogy, very visual uh, picture. But that, that makes sense. Like you said, you want you want to show them your goods, so to speak. You you want to show you you have to be if you're going to be in this type of interview format, long form format. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable with the the reporter, exactly. the blogger, and you know, really just kind of let your guard down, I guess you could say, so that people can really connect and get to know you. You know, that's how stories can really go viral. Exactly. I know the most powerful story I've read is by guy, a blogger named John Morrow. Google John Morrow, and it's his story was something to on the lines of life lessons learned from a guy who can only move, who can move nothing but his eyes or his or his mouth, <laughs> sorry, mm-hmm. his mouth. And he talked about how he grew up. He has a rare condition which has left him completely paralyzed. And he can only, he, but he's the most amazing successful blogger because he developed a system to write and then now he teaches everyone else to blog and he makes millions. Wow. That's, uh, it's incredible. Yeah, that that is that really is, and so, you know, it just kind of goes to show where, you know, everybody has a has a story, and then a lot of it has going to come down to just you have to be prepared to to put it out there, and you know, um, think about what you would be interested in hearing, and you know, apply that to what you're putting out there to to the audience, and yeah, that's that's a that's a good lesson for sure. Yeah, and. He posted that on his own blog. He didn't pitch it to other people first. But okay. then because of that blog and because it went viral, he got all kinds of media attention from writing his story first. Wow. Okay. So he just put himself out there and then the media just picked up on it. Yeah. Okay. Got Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's a that's a great uh, story and kind of testimony to if you if you're genuine and you put yourself out there, you know, you'll be able to connect at some point with, you know, with with, with somebody. Well, I, I think well, I definitely appreciate all of the insight that you've you've given us, Key. It's been really you, you gave us a lot of action items, and I know our listeners are gonna uh, take heed to to a lot of what you said. Uh, again, this are some areas that we hadn't really covered too much in the podcast. So I appreciate you know everything that you've you've shared. And I, I normally ask my guests of uh, the closing fun fact question, but I think you kind of jumped the gun and you may have already asked, answered that. Uh, my my lo- usual closing question is, what would be one thing that our audience would be surprised to know about you? So un- unless you can top the pole dancing, um, you know, <laughs> let me know. Well, I also believe in practicing the power of unconditional love. Okay. I think that's as awesome as pole dancing. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> and I learned that from reading David Hawkins. Okay, and the book, his most famous book is called Power Versus Force. Okay. Or it might be Force Versus Power. But I learned that practicing unconditional love, you attract love and goodwill towards you. Gotcha. And I'll leave it at that. Gotcha. That's great. That is an awesome closing thought. I'm not familiar with uh, David Hawkins, but I will, I'll definitely look him up for sure. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Well, we definitely appreciate you being here, uh, Key, and and the insights again uh, for joining us here on the e-commerce marketing podcast. You have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce marketing podcast. You need to get more feedback and reviews from your customers and improve your customer retention. We have made it easy to do all of this with our advanced customer feedback software. 
Just visit getosi.com forward slash feedback and sign up for a free trial today. That's getosi.com forward slash feedback.